Welcome to A Coach's Spirit with Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A good coach sets up a good drive and keeps the momentum and energy flowing among the team itself and ultimately the fans. In this program, we speak to the coaches to find out more about strategy, influences, and their motivation to lead well. Now, here are your hosts, Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. Awesome. Welcome and thank you for joining us on A Coach's Spirit, hosted by Special Spectators. I'm Blake Rockwell. And I'm Kendall Allen. Welcome, everyone, to our very first show. But uh, before we get to our first guest, Northwestern Head Coach Pat Fitzgerald, we realize many of our listeners may need an introduction to Special Spectators. After all, this is A Coach's Spirit, hosted by Special Spectators. So Special Spectators is a nonprofit organization with a very simple mission to create VIP all-access game day experiences for seriously ill children and their families at sporting events across the United States. Since 2002, nearly 10,000 patients, parents, and siblings have enjoyed incredibly memorable game day experiences at almost 400 games. An overwhelming majority of those are college football. And for now, we focus on the larger FBS schools and partner with nearly 50 college athletic departments from coast to coast. When we say game day experience, what do we mean? Well, everything from a delicious and fun tailgate party visited by cheerleaders, mascots, marching bands, and student athletes. And I should footnote that by saying that these are G-rated tailgate parties for those uh, big college football fans out there who like to um, consume a beverage every now and then. They also include tours of the locker room and other facilities, meeting coaches and players, the kids trying on their favorite players' helmet and other equipment, visits to the press box, meeting famous alumni and other dignitaries, watching pregame warm-ups from the sidelines with the players literally just arm's length away, participating in the coin toss as honorary captains. You're getting the idea. It's a loaded day, including the kids being introduced to the stadium crowd during a timeout while standing on the field, and then joining the team for a post-game celebration. It's an awesome day. It is an awesome day. And all of this, everything that Blake just described is all about joy. We bring joy. It's all about creating one of the greatest days in the life of a child who is battling cancer or perhaps born with a major cardiac condition, awaiting an organ transplant or some other life-threatening scenario. Many, many people and partners make this incredible day possible. We partner with children's hospitals, collaborate with them. They help us select the families. Our collegiate partners and athletic departments work very closely with us as well, including that of Pat Fitzgerald. His team has worked with us for many years now. Our passionate and dedicated volunteers across the country, every region of the country, we've got an army of 100 or so who are sports-loving, family-loving, kid-loving folks who tirelessly support what we do. Our donors, partners, and other types of supporters, and of course, the coaches like Fitz and others who have embraced special spectators, and they make that access possible. They give us access to their players, the facilities. Many of them, you'll get to know them on our show, A Coach's Spirit. These coaches love what they do because they're impacting the lives of young people, not just young people who are their players, but also the kids of special spectators. And that's very much how we came to the idea 
of a coach's spirit. That's how it was hatched. Let's talk with our coaching friends, not just about the 12 days in the fall when they're playing games, but the other 353 days that are invested in the development of the team at a very deep level, developing leaders. These leaders take the preparation for life away from the field and after graduation. So if you're a fan, a parent of a young athlete, a mentor to young people, an athlete or a coach or someone who leads at work simply, we think our conversation, these conversations we're going to be having on impacting lives, building successful teams and developing strong leaders will be incredibly valuable and really resonate with you. Not to mention we'll have some fun with our guests. Plus, all the while, you'll be learning more about special spectators and really, by listening in, helping us to serve thousands more seriously ill children for all sports seasons, which is our goal, all year round, all sports nationwide. Definitely. We want to do this for many, many more kids for years and years to come. So let's get started. Let's get this going. And before I bring in our first guest, I just want to tell our listeners, if you would like to ask a question to Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald, you can do so by emailing us at info at specialspectators.org. Today's coach has been pretty much the face of Northwestern football for most of the last 20 plus years as a highly decorated player, assistant coach, and now head coach. We won't embarrass him with all the accolades, so let's welcome the head coach of the Northwestern Wildcats, Pat Fitzgerald. How you doing, coach? I'm great, Blake. Hi, Kendall. How are you? Hi. Fine. How are you? Thanks for joining us on A Coach's Spirit. Thank yeah, you, my I'm friend. Honored. It's uh, it's terrific uh, to be with you today, and it's an honor to be uh, a great partner with Special Spectators and uh, help all, all those young people and their families. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, thank you for... Always saying yes to special spectators. There's there's really only been one time when you told me no, and it was pretty emphatic no, and that's when I started to tell you that I had one more year of eligibility left. <laughs> you didn't even let me finish. You, that you, was you for stopped me. Reasons, um, but well, uh, no, we'll be okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, uh, Coach, tell me how did this all start for you? When when did you begin thinking about being a coach? You know, I think back to. You know, my grade school years of playing sports, and outside of my mom and dad, and I'm very blessed to have two great parents, um, you know, coaches had a huge impact on my life. Uh, when I got to high school football here in Chicagoland at Carl Sandburg High School, uh, my high school coaches in baseball and basketball and football had a huge impact on me, but especially my football coaches. I thought I wanted to be a high school coach and teacher, uh, but then I got to the college level and, and uh, just absolutely had a a magical experience here at Northwestern. Was fortunate to uh, get a small cup of coffee, uh, and when I say that, like two or three preseason games in the NFL, and uh, got right into coaching with Ron Vanderland and as a graduate assistant at the University of Maryland. So, uh, this has been a long time uh, dream and goal of mine, and now to have the role that uh, I currently have, uh, very humbled and uh, you know just uh, very very thrilled to have the responsibility. So I, I, I got as. I, when you mention Ron Vanderland, and I just got to do a little plug, Albion College Athletic Hall of Famer, go Brits. Um, but uh, but tell me, who were the coaches or the, uh, the other people in your life who really impacted you? Well, you know, there were so many, but, uh, you know, and I, I hate to single out maybe just one or two, uh, but all the coaches had a huge impact on me, but in particular... Uh, you know, two guys, 
my varsity linebacker coach and defensive coordinator in high school, Larry Lokank, uh, he saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. You know, he demanded my best in everything that I was doing. He, he held me to a higher standard than the other players. And, you know, quite frankly, at, at a young age, I didn't quite understand why. Uh, and now as I look back, I get it. You know, he, he, he saw that I was maybe our only Big Ten all, you know, guy that was going to go on to play in the Big Ten. And uh, if I wasn't the one winning the races or the first one to show and the last one to go, you know, really I was doing injustice and a disservice as a teammate. So uh, being held to a high standard, uh, having high expectations or something that Coach Lil King set for me, and, and I wouldn't be here without him. And then, you know, obviously uh, Coach Barnett and his staff, uh, you know, the entire staff here when I played at Northwestern were absolutely spectacular. Uh, you know, they set a vision and a goal to change a program's culture and, and success plan and uh, to be a part of the, the building blocks and the foundation of, you know, really the renaissance of our football program is something that, uh, you know, I think makes me the man that I am today and the husband and the father. So, uh, you know, a lot of coaches, like I said, but uh, those those two in particular made a huge impact on my life. And, and what do you think you you borrowed from them that you've inserted into your own coaching style? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> Uh, you know, I think you're a product of, of your upbringing. I think you're a product of, you know, how you were coached and those great coaches that you're around. And, and um, you know, I think the, the the ability to build relationships like Coach Barnett and his staff, uh, you know, personal one-on-one relationships with your players. I thought Coach was magical at that. And again, Coach Lokank and you know, Coach Saliga, my head football coach at Sandberg, just, you know, having having a successful program but not taking it for granted um, and, you know, I think that's what we have here now. You know, all the values that go along with our great game, I learned from everybody that I played, you know, the, the value of having a, a, a great attitude and choosing to do that, just a relentless work ethic and investing to improve every day, um, you know, being a guy character and making great choices and, and just being a great teammate. You know, I think those are definitely some of the recipes uh, for success that I try to foster in our environment here and, and try to develop our guys every day to be uh, one day better. Take me back to when you were a sophomore at uh, Carl Sandburg High School and uh, when Larry Lokank asked you to, you know, spend extra time to come in early and all of that. What was going through your head as a 10th grader? I mean, were, did you look at it as, as a form of punishment for you instead of really getting an understanding of what he saw in you initially? Yeah, no, I mean, Coach was really clear that, you know, if I wanted to reach my potential and reach my goals, that I needed to work harder and longer than everybody else. And, um, you know, I think initially I was too immature to really get it. Um, and, and, you know, I was going through a lot of a lot of failure at that time, and, and those were good learning experiences for me. Um, I wasn't very mature, and uh, that, that forced me to get too mature in a hurry. Um and, you know, I think some point throughout my junior year, I finally figured it out uh, that, that this was for my own good and, and this was going to give me the opportunity to achieve my goals and my dreams. And so I'll be forever indebted to him and, and um, you know, just uh, just a spectacular mentor and just a terrific football coach. That's a really powerful lesson. And it's interesting because I was going to ask you, you know, what are some of the lessons that you recall being, you know, tougher ones to to complete or, you know, what were some of the more significant 
um, wake-ups that you experience. That certainly sounds like it's one of them. Yeah, recognizing, you know, on how to deal with failure. That's definitely something that I think you learn from, and uh, if you've got your attitude in the right spot. You know, I think what I learned in high school was to be a great teammate. You know, that, that was something that was, you know, definitely fostered in our culture, that uh, it wasn't about you, it was about the team, and that's definitely something that I carry over. You know, it's kind of how we define family in our program. It's, it's bigger than you. It's, it's, it's about the brother to your left and the brother to your right and those that have been here before us and understanding the responsibility it has to be the stewards of the program right now and how it impacts those that come after us. And, you know, that was ingrained in me at Carl Sandburg. And, and um, you know, I, I think that uh, we're, we're on the right path here with that. And, and you know, what am I getting at? It, it teaches you how to take ownership of yourself and ownership of your team. And if the team is, is led and run by the players, it just has such a terrific opportunity to have great glue inside the locker room when you face success and you face adversity. And, if it's just the coaches that have to lead, I, I really don't think you'll ever reach your potential as a, as a squad. So, you know, learned that at a, at a pretty young age. Again, I wasn't mature enough to get it right away, but eventually once I did, it was incredibly impactful. We're talking with Coach Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern University on a Coach's Spirit hosted by Special Spectators. Coach, you just said a very key word for that is really a theme of your program, and that is family. And it really starts from day one. You, you really have a unique approach, I believe, when it comes to receiving a commitment from a recruit. Can you share with our listeners how your approach is or what that approach is? Yeah, well, you know, we, we're looking for the right fit. And, uh, you know, we're very fortunate to have just a, a world-class academic institution that our young men get the privilege to attend and, and, and to grow and develop. Uh, as men and, and, and academically to be prepared for life. Uh, and so the academic hurdle is, is one that, you know, either you can get over or you can't. The, the athletic hurdle, uh, you know, this is Big Ten football. This is the best of the best. And when I pop on the video and my assistants pop on the video, we, we should be able to see what a, a Big Ten football player pop right off the tape. You know, those two areas are easy to identify. The, I think the key area for us and what we look for is, is, is finding the right fit. And we've got a lot of you know, different ways that we go about that. But, you know, most importantly, we're just trying to figure out who the young person is. Um, you, you know, what, what, what are they going to be like uh, when, when they're here Monday through Friday in the off season? What are they going to be like when they have success and are all Big Ten? What are they going to be like when they, you know, you know maybe have some, some challenges and face adversity? You know, just really, truly diving into figuring out who the person is. You know, to us, that typically ends up being an early indicator of whether or not that young person is going to reach, reach their potential, you know, once we get them here in this environment. And so when we take a commitment, we're 100% locked in. I've you know, been the head coach here 11 years. We haven't backed out of a commitment. And I tell young people the only way they're going to lose, uh, you know, the commitment from our end is if they change their academic character or their social character. You know, start getting bad grades or start hanging out with the wrong guys, making bad choices. And, you know, thank goodness for 11 years we haven't had that happen. But... Uh, it's a big deal. I mean, when you uh, you know earn the right and the privilege to be at a, a university like Northwestern, uh, it's a game changer for your future. And uh, if you just buy into it and embrace it, you know success is going to be earned. You know, definitely while you're here. But you know, this this decision to come here impacts the next forty or fifty years of your life, not just the next four or five. Yeah. So, Coach, you've described an attitude of really being all in. 
the coach, the coaching staff, everybody on the team. And with that, I'm sure comes a very frank relationship. You've got a you know very candid relationship with your guys. So what about that whole, you know, telling players what they need to hear versus what they want to hear? How do you how do you cultivate that? How do you start planting those seeds early and, you know, really kind of connect on that that frank level? Is yeah, your mentoring well, I had and the guiding? You learn that from the great Randy Walker, who unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you know, left us way too soon. And yeah. you know, Coach Walker was an amazing coach of coaches and just a terrific, terrific man to work for. And uh, I've learned a lot from him, and I take a lot of what I learned from him with me every day. And that was probably the number one thing that I learned from Walk is, you know, young people want discipline, uh, and and they want to be told what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And sometimes they don't act that way, uh, but it's our job as teachers and educators and coaches uh, to get them to see that it's um, it, it's that honesty that, that is going to make the difference in their lives. And we're not doing it because we don't care. We're actually doing it because we love them. Uh, and and, and uh, tough love works. And uh, when you have a vision, when you have a standard, when, when you set guidelines and principles and values with the way you're going to do things, uh, when, when you're grinding through it, uh, there's highs and lows and peaks and valleys. And when you've got that great relationship and that personal relationship with a young person, they know that you've got their best uh, best interests in heart, and uh, they, they allow you to really drive them to be the best they can be. And we do that through a vein of honesty, and we start that, you know, day one with, uh, you know, in our recruiting process. I mean, I when I sit across from young people, you know, I don't I don't tell them that I'm that they're going to start here. I don't I don't tell them that they're going to play in the National Football League. I, I I just promise them really two things: number one, that football is going to end at some point in their life, and number two, they're going to be given an opportunity here. And, and what they do with that opportunity will determine where things are going to go on the field, in the classroom, and in, in their professional development and their social experience. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's honesty. That's not, in, you know, placating to their ego or telling them what they want to hear. And usually when we end up getting a commitment, it ends up being a perfect fit, and, and it's a win-win for all of us. Thank right. you. That's powerful. Thank yeah, you. definitely. Fitz, uh, we're going to take a quick pay- break, pay some bills, and uh, when we come back, we're going to learn a little bit more about what it means to be a wildcat. <laughs> to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports now you can take your favorite voice america radio program with you anywhere sign up for our mobile app if you have an iphone android or blackberry the voice america interactive radio player powered by aircast gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere live and on demand no registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Listening to a coach's spirit. To reach the show today, please call 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Feel free to also send us an email to info at specialspectators.org. Now, back to a coach's spirit. Welcome back to A Coach's Spirit, hosted by Special Spectators. I'm Blake Rockwell. I'm Kendall Allen. And we're talking with Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald. So, Coach, talk about the Wildcat way. What does it mean to be a Wildcat? Well, you know, we start with uh, our values and what we believe in. And um, it's something that I worked through with our staff and our players that we identified over a decade ago to to really define who we are uh, on a daily basis, to be the roadmap. Uh, for who we recruit and the roadmap for the way that we coach. And you know, the first two cornerstones in our program are, are both God-given choices that take zero talent. The first one is the choice of your attitude, and the second one is how you invest in yourself and your personal growth every single day. And uh, you know, I just have a fundamental belief in life that people do things for those they know and like, and the number one way they get to know you and like you is to have a great attitude and smile and, and have some passion. And uh, you know, we all know that different things happen to you at different times, but... You know, if you choose to have a great attitude, you know, people are going to want to get to know you and they're going to want to help you. And then, you know, just investing greatly uh, in, in your personal growth and everything that you choose to do. Uh, it's getting increasingly more difficult with young people. Uh, it's uh, obviously an instant gratification society today, but that's, that's not how you find success. You know, you don't Google it to find it. You've you got to you roll your sleeves up and go at it every single day and every moment of that day. And, and um, you know, we start and end with those two. And if, if we've got those two in place, we've got a chance to, to have uh, success uh, in, in our future. And then, you know, the last major part of that is, you know, we, we talk about giving maximum effort. And that's, that is the Wildcat way, to go as hard as you can for as long as you can. And, again, that's a choice that takes no talent. And, um, you know, from our perspective, if you have those three things in place, you've got a chance to be successful. Tell me how uh, your football alumni are involved with your program. Uh, I know it's important for you to keep them deeply involved in, in what's going on. Uh, how do you involve your, your football alumni? Well, we try to you know, really uh, engage them as much as we possibly can through different initiatives. Uh, but one of the biggest areas that we use uh, our, our great alumni network for is uh, you know, to have a comprehensive mentor program where we marry up our, our student-athletes with you know, former players here in the Chicagoland area to build personal relationships, uh, tap into a very powerful alumni network for internships, summer jobs, professional growth and development, uh, and, and just tapping into the networks that they have. And again, you know, the world is kind of, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and, and to tap into these guys that have worn the purple and white before, but are willing to give of their, their expertise, of their 
you know, personal experiences, what they've done right, what they would do differently. Uh, the professional networks is just a game changer for our guys, and, and uh, that mentor-mentee relationship is something that we hope is, is great for their three years that they're here, you know, sophomore through senior year, but even more importantly, lasts them for a lifetime. You know, we know a, a little bit about your um, the pyramid itself, and I know that's more of a visual. It's really cool stuff when and, and kind of what builds up to what's important now. But it'd be great to hear you talk about that a little bit. I know there's kind of a, a nice chart that goes along with that. But that and then also the, the Leadership Council itself, which I believe you created sometime into your third season, something like that. How do we tell yeah. the listeners yeah. about those you know, two yeah. things? Well, I wrote a book report on that coach named John Wooden in high school. Maybe you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, coaches building blocks of success and his pyramid of success was really, I think, pretty influential on me and a pretty good roadmap. Uh, but when I sat down, you know, quite frankly, 10 years ago, uh, I just felt like we had some young men that didn't fit our program, and it wasn't their fault. We recruited them. We just had to have, you know, a better roadmap of what we were looking uh, for as far as our fit. And now I've already talked about, you know, attitude and investment as being the cornerstones. And, you know, we're looking for young men that have and exude great character. And, uh, you know, we define that's who you are when no one's watching. And through your attitude and your actions, we build trust. And, you know, that's kind of the foundation, our, you know, attitude, our character, our investment, and trust. If we, you know, really, if we've got uh, that, we've got a foundation that we can build upon. And we've already talked at length about honesty and family. Um, you know, a big component of our program is respect. We've got 26 different states on the roster and every race and religion on our squad. And, um, you know, just coming into our program, understanding that respect is valued and respecting our uniquenesses and our differences, but at the same time, uh, you know, respecting the opportunities that we have here and the privilege that it is and everything that goes along with being a young man, a wildcat man uh, here on our, our campus and in our community. Uh, we've already talked about effort. And then, uh, you know, to me, life is about how you respond. And I remember uh, hearing Coach Holtz once say, life's 10% what happens to you, 90% what you do about it. And um, yeah, I don't think kids have a problem with getting knocked down and getting up. It's more how you handle success. And then you put it all together, and at the top is an acronym for WIN, what's important now. And, and it's, it's really putting everything together that we believe in, and it's making choices moment by moment. And we built that uh, with our leadership council 10 years ago. We quality control it every year. And what we do in January is we send out an application to our, our squad, and anyone that applies gets put on the ballot for our leadership council, and the team votes for it. And it's two freshmen, two sophomore, two junior, and six seniors. Uh, we do that on Monday of, of signing week in February, and then on Tuesday, the group of 10 guys comes over to my house for dinner, and we have an NFL-style draft, and we break the team up into 10 small teams. The six seniors and the two juniors get their own team, and then we combine the freshmen and sophomore together, and we've got 10 small teams, and we compete everything we do academically, socially, and athletically in the offseason to foster a competitive environment, uh, to build leadership, foster camaraderie and chemistry, and and uh, just have fun through competing. The kids love to compete, and... Uh, you know, put a scoreboard on the off season. That's amazing! Wow. So, are leaderships are are leaders born? Are they developed? Are they coaxed out? What what what's your feeling on that? Yeah, right. All of it. I mean, I think some kids are born with it. You know, I mean, I've got you know three boys that are twelve, ten, and, and eight, and um, you know, you see at a young age, leadership start to develop and pop out. You know, you just see kids; they don't even know what they're doing, but they're out there leading from the front and. You know, they're first in line, and they're, they're helping their teammates and being great servants and giving of themselves for their teammates. But I definitely think it's something that can be fostered. I think it's um, an environment, a culture that we try to create here. 
uh, where we try to, quite frankly, recruit as many captains from high school as we can. And uh, if they've been in that leadership role already, they understand it and respect it, and um, then, then they're able to, to take those necessary steps here at this level uh, as they transition from high school uh, to be able to be a leader and, and, uh, and really make this culture and environment go. You've touched on so many things in, in many of your answers that I really want to touch on, and that is the, the whole thing about um, like short-term uh, attention span with kids nowadays, the immediate gratification that they need. Um, as a parent of three boys who are, I'm sure, deeply involved in sports, um, how do you how do you counteract that? Because kids are exposed to it all the time, whether it be on their phone or social media or what have you. So, I mean, they're they're faced with it twenty four seven. How do you counteract that so that kids learn that they need to make that investment? And yeah, uh, yeah. great question. I, you know, we don't have enough time for parenting one hundred and one, and I don't think I've got my wife Stacy. I don't think we've got it figured out, but. <laughs> You know, we'll get Stacy on our, after you have to leave. Our generation's got to got to adapt a little bit. You know, we've got to understand that the you know kids today, their attention span is built on that seven minute window in between commercials on TV and and you know when they when they're playing a video game, if they don't like the way the outcome's going to be, they just shut it off and restart it. So, you know, how we do it is is we we try to help them understand that those are types of things are, are privileges. They're not, they're not a right and. Um, you know, you, you've got to prioritize and you've got to time manage and, and, you know, what are your priorities in life? And, you know, in our household and our, and our program, it's our academics, it's preparing for future and, 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 uh, you know, really learning and growing. Uh, my boys are very active in sports, uh, but playing sports again, like, like video games, like different things of that nature are a privilege and you've got to do the right things and be about uh, the right things in, in, you know, with your peer group and in the classroom and, and, uh, if you if you have those in the right spot, then you get the privilege to go play sports. You get the privilege to play on your iPad or play video games. And and if you don't, you don't. And uh, you don't really care if they like it or not. Uh, you know, there's a difference between uh, privileges and, and and rights, I guess. And uh, as a parent, uh, we, you know, parents, my wife and I definitely help my guys understand the privileges that they have and how fortunate they are. Um, let's keep things in perspective. As far as your team, as far as your crew, what's what's the feedback? What do you hear after graduation, year after year, as they go out into the world and you know, they've graduated and taken on different careers and paths? So, as it pertains to leadership, teamwork in their careers, you know, what what's the what's the feedback? What do you hear from them? What, well, what are they, feel they facing? Very well prepared. Um, mm-hmm. and that that is a, a great testament to them buying into what we try to structure for them here as a program. Uh, I think it's a terrific job by everyone that supports our program, our assistant coaches, our strength coaches, our academic support, our athletic trainers, uh, the list goes on and on that support our young men. And, uh, you know, I think it's a great testament to their parents. Uh, We get the privilege to coach just really special guys that allow us to develop them. They want that. Uh, And if we do the right thing structurally and they just buy in, uh, we can get that feedback that that they're well prepared and and, uh, then they just got to go run with it and have fun. Coach, you touched on this also uh, a little bit earlier in our interview. What does it mean to be a great teammate? Well, I think understanding that it's not about you, it's about us. Uh, I think, you know, the first, I learned this when I was here at Northwestern, the first sign of a great leader is a guy that can lead himself, but also has the humility to know that, 
you know, in my leading of myself, I've, I've got to be there uh, and have my, my teammate, my brother's back and, uh, you know, be a servant leader. Give of yourself for the greater good of the cause, uh, the greater good of the family. And um, that, that, that's a challenge today on, on young people, you know, and uh, the club sport world where it's all about points and all about a scholarship and, you know, adults telling kids they, they should specialize in sports, which I am 100% against. Um, you know, I, I think it's actually the other way around. I think the more well-rounded, the more experiences you have, the more roles you fulfill at a young age. You understand if, you know, you're a role player or a bench player or a backup player that you've got to work harder. You've got to do more things to get yourself on the court or on the field. Uh, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But we as adults have got to foster that type of teaching and learning environment uh, to help kids learn and grow at a young age so then they're comfortable fulfilling any role that they're asked to do. And that's that's being a great teammate. If if, if the role calls for you to... Uh, you know, there's, it, it's funny when you think about it. I think I read the Patriots' motto about do your job, and one of the players said, "You know, when you think about a car doing your job, you know, somebody's got to be the steering wheel, somebody's got to be uh, the interior, somebody's got to be the muffler, somebody's got to be the wheels. Well, somebody's also got to be the lug nuts. Somebody's got to be the spark plug. Somebody's got to be the windshield wipers. You know, somebody's got to be the headlights. Not everybody gets to be the engine. And um, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for that. And uh, I think the the Earlier you learn that and, and just fulfilling roles and being a great teammate, I think it really not only gives you a great opportunity for su- success academically and athletically in high school and college, but more importantly, it gives you a great opportunity to be, have success after you're done with college. So uh, next topic is one that's near and dear to our heart and one that we have witnessed firsthand through you and, and uh, the young men on your team. And But you know, what are your young men doing in the community and, and how do you determine uh, what you do, uh, you know, in the community, because I'm sure you get a, a number of uh, requests. Well, through our leadership council and through our off-season competition, uh, we reward points for community outreach, and our guys are just spectacular. Typically, the young men that we recruit have already been, you know, very active in their communities in high school, so it's nothing new when they get here. Um, you know, but with that being said, um, our guys are incredibly active, and, and really, they're the barometer. Whatever they want to want to do or are passionate about, we typically get involved in. And, and you know, special spectators has been one of those areas that uh, you know we've been involved with. I think uh, from from an early stage uh, since two thousand and three, uh, my great friend. Cause. I mean, it's it's just because we coach and play football, we get to brighten up young people's lives and their families' lives, even if it's for only three hours on a Saturday in the fall. Uh, that, that's a specially, special and humble uh, responsibility that we have. Our, our young men love it. Uh, it's, it's absolutely terrific. Uh, and, and to see uh, the young people have a, a great experience, it's almost selfish in how you feel because, you know, in reverse, you get your heart warmed so much by the impact you get to have on these kids and their families. It's, it's really a neat deal. Well, and uh, we have definitely seen it firsthand. Your guys have been great, and uh, it's hard to believe, but it's been since 2003 that we have been partnering with Northwestern. And uh, I would say in that time, we have probably hosted somewhere around 500 to 600 patients, parents, and siblings total. Yeah, so that's, I think that's what it's all about. You know, it's, that's what it's all about. In a position that you can make an impact on people's lives. Um, just because you put a whistle around your neck or because you put on a football jersey. I mean, how humbling is that? So honored to help and and, uh, feel privileged to be a part of it.
Hey, real quickly, tell us some of the new uh, exciting developments that are going on with your program. I know you have a absolutely beautiful practice facility that's under construction right now. Yeah, we do. We've got a lot of excitement. Great support from the university. We're very thankful for that. Uh, just a terrific group of guys coming back. We you know, win the Pinstripe Bowl last year in New York City and uh, you know, have the great group that we have coming back, 17 or 18 starters returning, you know, uh, going to be moving into uh, a brand-new facility here in uh, you know, about a year. Uh, you know, the future is bright. It's exciting, and uh, I'm stoked up for our basketball team. I can't wait to get some great news on Selection Sunday and you know, kind of get that last negative regarding our athletic department and, and uh, university as far as athletics are raced and on to bigger and better things. So we're, we're fired up here in Evanston. It's an exciting time to be a Wildcat, and uh, we're right in the middle of spring ball right now. So I uh, just look forward to getting back on the field with our guys again on Thursday and just trying to help them get one day better. All right, sounds great. And by the way, have you uh, set aside a position, quarterback position for uh, Nathan Taphorn and a receiving position for Derek uh, Pardon? No, no, because no. they don't want anything to do with my guys uh, coming down and hitting them actually in the face. A little different when you don't have to get hit. So <laughs> I'll let them stick to the round ball, and uh, I'll have my guys stick to the oblong ball. But uh, that was really cool and fired up for those guys. Look forward to them. Hopefully having a great week in D.C. at the Big Ten Tournament, and just can't wait for Selection Sunday. All right, my friend, we'll let you go. Thank you so much again for joining us on A Coach's Spirits. Great, and it's an honor to have you as our first guest. We really appreciate it. Thanks, well, Fitz. Honor's all mine. Thanks for what you do for these young people and their families with special spectators, and thanks for your friendship. Appreciate you guys. Have a great all day. Right. Go Cats. Talk all to right, you my friend. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Now, see, that puts the stamp of approval. When Fitz says, go Cats, at the end of an interview, <laughs> that is just, uh, you, you know, that's like, you know, like the, the stamp of approval right there. So uh, I, I'm pumped. So we're going to take a quick break again, pay some more bills. And then we'll come back, and I've got a few more stories about Coach Pat Fitzgerald. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Listening to a coach's spirit. To reach the show today, please call 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Feel free to also send us an email to info at specialspectators.org. Now, back to a coach's spirit. Welcome back to A Coach's Spirit, hosted by Special Spectators. I'm Blake Rockwell. I'm Kendall Allen. And Bruce Beauchamp is joining us with weather and traffic. But uh, great interview with Coach Fitz. Uh, I mean, he's such a great guy. Uh, What what was your takeaway with the conversation that we just had with him? Well, it was fun for me because I've met him. I've talked with him in passing. I've always had quick chats on the sideline or outside the locker room when, when we're there. And we've hosted so many kids there with him over the years, as Blake, you were saying, I think com- rolls up to like, you know, five or 600 with him alone. And he's been a vigilant supporter of ours. It was really great to hear him tie it all together and how through and through the principles he's developed over his own early lifetime are applied and nurtured and he and his staff are clearly just relentless in drawing things all the way through. So in every facet of these kids' lives, in all their interactions, it's a really complete picture and it's really consistent. And it shows the relentlessness that is required, not just of himself and as of his staff, but of those who would hope to become leaders. I also will say that I love that bit at the end about the car. We've had conversations about this and I think it's figuring out, you know, maybe you're leaderly, but there's like leadership from within the team. And that's really powerful and very true because not everyone has the front end or the engine personality and they don't need to. It's a matter of, you know, being a great teammate and figuring out the role. So I particularly like that piece as well. Yeah. I think I would be the hubcap on that car, like one really fast turn, and I come off and I roll into a ditch <laughs> or something like that. Come but, on. Uh, um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Fitz touched on it a little bit. He, uh, as many of you might know, he became head coach under some really difficult circumstances. The pre- previous coach, Randy Walker, had, had passed uh, unexpectedly in uh, late June of 2006. And Fitz was uh, Fitz was named the head coach a little over a week later, under some you know very difficult uh, circumstances. He was the youngest coach in FBS uh, at that time, and remained the youngest coach for about three seasons. He was uh, named coach at the age of 31, and that's really when I first met him. Was just a few weeks after he'd been named head coach. I was at the uh, Big Ten media days. And um, introduced myself, told them about Special Spectators and Northwestern's participation in Special Spectators. And what struck me was, here's this guy who um, became head coach under very difficult situation. Uh, And there were a number of people waiting to talk to him. And as he was talking to me, as we were talking together, I mean, his eyes were just focused on me the entire time. He wasn't looking around the room. He wasn't looking to see who was over my shoulder. He was completely focused on me 
and the story that I was telling him about Special Spectators and North and Northwestern's participation in Special Spectators, and that's when I I realized I was, I was like, wow, this is this is quite a guy, and he was only thirty one years old at the time, so um, it was you know really impressive. Did you learn anything new about him today, or were there any nuances, or you just a little bit deeper perhaps that he took you today that you hadn't realized? You know, a, a lot of this stuff, uh, a lot of the things that he had to say, I've heard before. Um, you know, it's it's kind of it's it's neat to hear his perspective now as a parent of uh, three boys, eight, ten, and twelve, and uh, you know those boys are getting into their you know sports activities and kind of hearing how he manages that and his approach to that uh was uh you know some some great insight definitely i'll also tell you that um another friend of special spectators uh, ivan mazel from espn.com um he and i had been talking about fits one time and 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 ivan told me the story ivan had been at uh, or is has been covering college football since ooh i don't know 35 plus years and uh, when Northwestern went on their run in 1995 took the nation by storm uh, went on to be uh, you know win the Big Ten championship and go on to the Rose Bowl uh, Ivan interviewed Fitz as a player and I can't think of how many hundreds thousands of players Ivan has interviewed in his day and he said to me that when he walked away from that interview, uh, and he's only thought this way about three, about a handful of players in his career, he said to himself, I'm going to be working for that guy one day. He was just really um, impressed with Fitz and, and, and the guy that he was, So uh, even at a young age. So I think that says a lot. Um, and I, I can tell you also from firsthand that uh, his focus on the kids being a success off the field more than they are on the field uh, could not be more sincere. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go into the year uh, because I don't want to embarrass any of the guys that, that were the target of what, what I'm about to say, but Fitz invited me to, to a practice. I think it was a spring practice. And, um, I, I love going to practice, watching how he works. The coaches all work, um, the, the energy, uh, the, the effort by the guys on the field. But when practice was, um, was drawing to a close, uh, you know, everyone comes, gathers at midfield, uh, around fits. And you would think that there would be a lot of conversation or talk about X's and O's and, what what went on during the day and execution and and the lack of execution and needing more energy and stuff like that and he didn't bring up any of that stuff he talked about he he actually singled out uh the starting quarterback and the starting running back and one of the starting defensive players and he he basically said that uh you know he he kind of chewed him out a little bit for not taking more advantage of the internship program that they have put together with the alumni there at Northwestern. And that, you know, it was an opportunity lost 
Um, you know, these guys were probably in their junior year or so, and it was an opportunity that was lost, and they really need to go out and, and take advantage of that uh, of those opportunities. And it is a great opportunity. I mean, you're talking about a great city like Chicago um, and, uh, you know, Northwestern alums do pretty well for themselves, I would guess. And, you know, a lot of them are in some great positions. So. Yeah, between the mentorship program, calling on that incredible group of mentors and graduates with, you know, for whom leadership is clearly stuck, and then the leadership council itself. It was fascinating to hear the detail of that and its year-round nature and honestly how intricate it was and the, the leaderboard and, and all of that. So that was that was incredible. And I think he's done a great job at patenting, you know, certain things that, that have really stuck. Yeah. So both of those things have been in play for a long time and are clearly very effective. And there's, there's the occasional, you know, teammate who's not taking full advantage of it. I'm sure that doesn't last very long. But you, they get yeah, on board. <laughs> definitely. Very, very quickly. And uh, the other great thing also is the, the continuity that they have uh, on that coaching staff as well. All those guys have, I don't think they've had a new coach come in in maybe six, seven, eight, eight years. So uh, that's that's also a real testament. Um, any, anything else that um, stood out for you or in, in that conversation? No, I just look forward to seeing him again now that I've got the bigger the bigger picture. And he has been such a support to us. And it's always a it's always a pleasure. Well, I, I think one another thing, if I may, one of the things that I think did stick out for you was that you would hope to go to his house for dinner with the rest of the I did. Council. I think I may have whispered that to you during that I wanted to go to that dinner. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well. So maybe we can make that happen. Well, let's see what we can do. <laughs> um, so we, we have a great lineup of coaches that are going to be coming up uh, in, in future episodes, future shows. And I just want to share with you real quickly the list of confirmations that we've received so far, and I'm really excited. Um, we actually have not had a coach they know yet, which is fantastic. Hard to believe. I mean, they're they're so incredibly busy. Uh, this is a busy time, obviously, with spring ball and and prepar- prepping for that. Some guys have finished spring ball already, if you can believe it. Others are just getting into it. Some of them are in the middle of it. So uh, the list includes the following: uh, Bob Stoops from the University of Oklahoma, uh, Jim Mora from UCLA, Chad Morris from SMU, uh, Butch Jones just gave confirmation yesterday. We just need to hammer out a few things from Tennessee. That'll actually be fun interview for me personally. He's a fellow Michigander. Uh, Frank Beamer from Virginia Tech, retired. Uh, Matt Rule, the new head coach at Baylor, who we got to know a little bit during his time at Temple. And uh, David Cutcliffe, at Duke. That's yeah. a really nice guy. It's a great too. list. It's a great roster. I mean, you've got some long time friends on there, including Fitz and Stoops, and then some new friends and some folks who have really shown our kids a great day in their own flavor. It's a little bit different each time. And we've got a blueprint where we start, but between the athletic directors and their staffs and then the coaches, it's always a little bit different. So it's been fun to see how that plays out and what the variety is um, over time. Yeah, definitely. And and uh, I was going to say, that's not final. That list is not final. It's still still growing. It is still growing. So um, we'll, we'll update you as, as that uh, continues to build. So uh, we want to give a shout out 
to another good friend of Special Spectators. Um, he is uh, he's been there right from the start. He's actually been there from before the start, and um, that is our good friend Stevie B. Steve B. I'm not going to say his last name, but uh, just for HIPAA reasons, and which we've gotten to know pretty well over the course of doing this, but. Stevie B is uh, is fighting his own battle, and um, we're praying for you, my friend. We love you to death, and uh, we're praying for you and uh, those beautiful blondes in your life who, uh, thank God, carry uh, a little bit more Schaefer jeans than they do uh, the other set of jeans. So um, we're praying for you, my friend. We love you, and uh, you are always in our thoughts. So. Um, well, we're going to dedicate this show to him. All Hopefully right. he's listening because we, uh, he, uh, he's a Chicago guy. And so, uh, kind of a Chicago theme to, to the show. All right. Perfect. We've mentioned the coaches and athletic directors earlier on in the show. We talked a lot about our community and the volunteers we have nationwide. We're just really thankful to that overall community and group of volunteers. And we couldn't do what we do without those folks. If you've enjoyed the glimpse that you were given today, definitely visit our website. There are tons of amazing photos there and they capture the spirit of what we do, the up close and personal shots with kids and athletes, whether it's a piggyback ride or a quick warm up pass of the ball on the field. Take a look at those photos. They're a lot of fun. And of course, we've got a Facebook page and we're on Twitter so you can find us there. Get more involved. Be in touch. If you'd like to make a donation, please do so. Again, we couldn't do what we do without the support of our community. and we're, we're most grateful. So thanks to all of our partners, friends, and volunteers, and certainly our schools, our coaches, and our hospitals. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so go vi- visit us at specialspectators.org. You'll see donate if you'd like to donate to us and, and, and help with our efforts of giving an unbelievably great day to a child with, with a, who's battling a serious illness and provide the family really a, a break from everything that they're going through and, and give them a sense of normalcy, even if it's for a day. They are extremely appreciative and very thankful for that. Um, and, uh, also let me just add, you mentioned Twitter and, uh, our handles a little bit different on Twitter just because special spectators is so long. You can see us at, uh, on Twitter at special fans. So if you'd like to like, uh, follow us on Twitter, we're special fans. And as Kendall said, we are on uh, Facebook as special spectators and on Instagram as special spectators. So, uh, we're wrapping up our first show. Thought it went great. It was awesome talking to Fitz and uh, can't wait for the next show and the next coach that we're talking to. And um, join us next Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for A Coach's Spirit. We'll be here. I'm Blake Rockwell. And I'm Kendall Allen. From Special Spectators. Thanks for joining us and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to A Coach's Spirit. Be sure to join your hosts, Kendall Allen and Blake Rockwell, next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have an incredible week ahead.